Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today, we have two guests on. Um, One of them actually spent a lot of many, many, many years uh, as a flight attendant. Uh, So knows all about traveling around. And uh, and that's pretty good because since then, since meeting, they have traveled the world together. And that is something as parents, I think a lot of us think about traveling, but also think about how horrendous it would be to travel with kids. (laughs) Uh, But these two do it. It's the traveling gays. Hi, Hi. How are you? Very well. How are you? How are you both? We're Very good. good. You're so on brand right now. You're away. I know. You're we're... on holiday. You're traveling. We are. We're, I mean, it's it's not as often as it used to be, I've got to say. But yeah, we're in Tenerife. Um, Slight ulterior motive, motive too. Granny's here. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, it is nice. a holiday within so a holiday. that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that a lot. Um, how? Uh, what were your childhoods like? Were they very different to each other? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, I'm. I'm slightly older, but we just slightly, older, just a bit. So I think. We're both born in the 80s. See, Tom uses this against me. Right, okay. Tom uses this against <laughs> me, but there's literally six months between us. So, know, you know. Six years between us. So six not years. Too bad, oh, okay. On the right. cusp of being the a millennial, Sarge tells me. Yeah, you're, he's just about a millennial. I'm like, am I a millennial? He's <laughs> like, cuss, <dog>, you're cuss. <laughs> Um, I grew up in so London um, and I'm an only child. So, um, yeah, grew, grew up in, in the city um, and I guess had a, had a lovely childhood, but I think very much sort of towards the later years of my childhood, getting to sort of 15, 16, that's when um, kind of realised I was gay and that's when it became a bit more challenging and spent a lot of time hiding who I was and a lot of energy kind of, I mean, when I was like 16 years old, I remember being queuing outside. I mean, I know I probably shouldn't have been there when I was 16, but G.A.Y. on Old Compton Street, just like terrified that someone would uh, someone would see me waiting outside and, and clock me waiting outside that bar. But um, yeah, definitely 
a, a good city upbringing, um, but not one that I ever yeah. envisaged would uh, end up later in life leading to me becoming a parent. And Doug, well, we how did yours compare? I was going to say, we just said similar, but actually I'm from the Lake District, so I grew up, but then I'm one of uh, five. Just in green. Yeah, so, exactly. Oh, wow. <laughs> so then I guess for me, there was just zero gay role models around, even on TV. Yeah. So I just didn't, I didn't really think it was part, I, I, it's hard to know if I even thought I was gay, or just, I don't know what I thought, but when um, when I got the opportunity to leave the Lake District, I was out of that. And you ran off to Tenerife? I did run off to Tenerife, actually. <laughs> After my A-levels, I booked a, a lad's holiday to Tenerife, and well, I'd never even seen a vodka Red Bull before, so my mind was blown when I moved here, when I came here on holiday, so I actually That's went so home. funny, because Sunday's <laughs> going off and drinking a GAY, and you've not even had a I'm Red Bull. I'm a very <laughs> nice, sensible boy. And then, well, until I came here. Uh, so I'm sorry, we are in Tenerife right now again, but yeah, um, I then came here, and then I just saw this world, and I thought maybe I could go there, and I don't know why I chose here, because it's probably not the gay capital of the world, but... I booked a one-way flight and came back and I lived here for a couple of years. And then, yeah, and then I eventually moved back to Manchester and that was where we actually met. Where we met, so 16. Really? No. Yeah. yeah. Gay Pride, is that wow. cliche? <laughs> yeah, we met, we met at Manchester Pride like 15 years ago. I was living there and working there after I'd been at uni um, there and Doug... Um, was also living there and two of our friends, each of our best friends had met in Ibiza and uh, I was out with my best friend Jack and he was like, oh, can we go to this house party? There's this guy there I really like and um, so our friend Joelle's house and uh, lo and behold, Doug was there. And, um, oh, it was the, love at first sight. It, really he wrote his phone number <laughs> on my arm was in it? a biro. It was, it was for me, I'm not sure about Sanj, it took a while and a bit of, bit of uh, my staff travel perks flying to like ease him in you know you can take us where <laughs> exactly would you like a date in new york yes that's because <laughs> you're like mr big so you can just go wherever <laughs> and did you uh, when you first met or even before actually before meeting um did you ever think about having children and, and becoming dads Thought about it, yeah, but I'd never, ever in my wildest imaginations believed it was something that was possible for me. Do you um, think that's I, also because, you know, we were talking about, you know, being gay but not actually having any role models and, you know, knowing more about that. Do you think that's also, that's part of it? You know, there are no gay role models and therefore there are no gay dads. A hundred percent. Like when we were growing up, I think you had very, very limited LGBTQ plus representation yeah. on anywhere, really. Um, and you had the f a few people like, I don't know, Graham Norton was a bit of a staple. And I remember watching Queer as Folk when that came out. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of them. When I moved to Manchester, I was like, I'm doing it. I'm really doing it. And it's, <laughs> it's you know, like just a real a cliche. But I think there was never much representation of lgbtq plus families um at all mm. and i think just you know we, we were coming at you know both of us were educated during the time of section 28 where it was completely illegal for 
teachers in schools to even talk about the fact that LGBTQ plus people exist. Um, and so, and, and I guess coming out of the 80s and everything that kind of happened in the 80s, like it was a really, I think, at the time, obviously we weren't aware of all this broader political context, but then kind of as an adult, I can look back and think, you know, we were really, the kind of attitude to people as a whole, um, but also the representation that you see just did not exist. And I think that that just meant that one of the things I remember when I realised that I was gay was thinking, oh, I'm never going to be able to have children. Um, and that that was something that, I think a lot of people think and maybe still think and you know now it's a lot better and I think it's great that there is so much more representation you've got social media which you never had back then there's loads of different yeah. families of all different kinds and all different um, backgrounds that you can see on social media and and maybe think that that makes it possible because I think people talk a lot about role models but it's almost like possibility models I can't I, I'd love yeah. to I've heard someone say that I'd love to credit them someone so I didn't come <laughs> up with that someone else came up with that but possibility <laughs> models where actually you could possibly be like that and I think that's amazing um I have to say though if if I had not met Sanj who like we said was a bit younger I think I'd almost just been like it's not a possibility it's not going to be a reality to me and Actually, Sanjay proposed to me in 2017. Again, something I never thought. I never saw marriage for me because Sanjay's always yeah. like, why can't we get married? Why can't we do this? Sanjay's a, a go-getter. And thank goodness I'm, I've got my go-getter because, you know, we've done... We, we do, I, I never thought I'd get married, engaged, let alone this family that we've got now. And it's incredible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm thankful that the world is moving forward and changing and there's possibility models around that show so <laughs> so we're using it now it's, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> getting but I imagine decades ago it would have felt well first of all coming out would have been problematic for a lot of people mm. but they would have possibly felt like that sacrifice in a way of no this is what I meant to do in life I meant to meet you know someone of the opposite sex we're meant to have kids and actually that's why you know decades later we get older people coming out and yeah. saying actually this is me and I've never and, and I wonder if that always felt like a bit of a sacrifice for people yeah definitely you know, I and, think whereas now that's not we know that that's not the case especially not yeah. here yeah and, and and definitely things are a lot better and and you know I think it's also important for me to say you know that was something that we absolutely decided that we wanted and something for me I always knew I wanted children but didn't think I could have them and and yeah. that's not the same for all LGBTQ no. plus people no. so some people just like some straight people don't want children and that's Choose, completely yeah. that you know that's being childless by choice that's exactly and, and people should live the lives in the way they want to exactly so I don't want to paint a picture of being like oh yeah all LGBTQ plus people are just pining after this life that they thought they could never have but certainly yeah. that was for, for me something that I always wanted yeah and Doug that you were just a bit like Mwah. well I, you, I just really didn't believe thought. it was a possibility for me so once it yeah. actually became we really started talking about it seriously on our honeymoon uh which was at the start of 2020 like just by the skin of our teeth but <laughs> we started talking and you know exploring possibilities for us of how we would make this family and you know different avenues that might work for us and you know, we we came up with uh, what we thought was surrogacy for us was the best option after having looked at every avenue. And actually, once I realised it was a reality and it was possible, 
it then became, you know, wow, you know, then I really, really wanted it, but I just, I'd never even factored in that it was, was possible for me. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so January, 2020, talk yes. me through it. At that point, you're on honeymoon then, aren't you? Yeah. You're on honeymoon in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and you have, you know, how did this conversation go? And then what was the, what was the next point of, you know, where, what do you do from that point? Well we, well, we had we were in Sri Lanka, which yeah. was stunning. But getting from place to place, we were uh, in a car for like long periods of time. So, I mean, I can talk forever. So, Sanjay, <laughs> about anything. So, Sanjay's like, oh, here we go. I like, have half an hour to like watch a movie. Yeah, it's like I just, I'm like, mm. <laughs> got a lot to say. I'm getting in the car, like closing the door, like right, here we go with an agenda. Yeah, with it. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we couldn't get away from me. So then we just started, you know, really talking about it and. I think once we, then we started Googling it and then it, it just became, we then had to make the decision when we got back is because of, you know, the pandemic and what was, mm-hmm. what we didn't know was coming, but what was coming, whether it was the right time to, to start this journey, because we realise now it's quite lengthy. Yeah. And we, and we looked at all yeah. the different options that are available and, you know, there's, there's quite a wide variety of different things that you might choose to do as an LGBTQ plus person and for like two men that's slightly different to for example if it was two women um mm-hmm. but like the, the the main ones um that people often look at are things like adoption surrogacy be that in the UK or somewhere else um and we obviously did ours in uh, America um and there's other other journeys for example things like co-parenting um and you know a, a number of different permutations of the different ways that people might have family and we we thought about it quite long and hard um and I think if we're honest like we decided to go with surrogacy because we did feel that we wanted to have a biological link to our children it's even weird saying like even me saying this now I almost feel a bit guilty for trying to for having to saying that I wanted to have a biological link to my children because I think a lot a lot of the time I don't know it's it's been an early child for you as well you'd really wanted yeah you know that I don't know the right that genetic link, yeah, yeah. So. and and so yeah. it's weird because I like I said I don't feel like you're almost allowed to admit that, but that was what we were. That was why we decided to go with surrogacy. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I think we have to be able to talk about our experiences and our wants and desires without that edge of you know, oh, I got, I'm going to offend someone because actually yeah. all you're talking about is your experience. Yes. You're not putting any uh, judgment or anything on anyone else's experiences. All we can do is share what we think and feel. Yeah. Yes. And and I think a lot of the time people say to uh, we've had it said to us and people say to um, LGBTQ plus couples who have their children in that way. Oh, why didn't you just adopt just an in inverted commas as if that that's like a the most straightforward, simple process in the world that, mm-hmm. you know, isn't really challenging for people going through that process and, and can be a very lengthy process um, and be as if that should be the default position that LGBT people go to. And actually, yeah. it, you know, it's as with everyone, it's, I guess, your right to think through the different options that are available to you and which is the one that you want to go down. So so, so we decided that surrogacy was the route that we wanted to kind of pursue. And then there's a couple of different options. So obviously UK, the law about uh, around surrogacy isn't quite as progressed as it is, for example, in the USA. So you still have to have um, basically the the way that the UK law sees things is that if you have a baby through surrogacy, the the surrogate and if um, she is married, her husband um, are the legal um, 
parents of that child when it's born um, and then you have to go through a process which takes about six months to mm. um, ha- get a parental order which then has you on as the kind of intended parents on the birth certificate which obviously carries risk for both the surrogate and the intended parents and again I should say that loads of people have really positive experiences of going through the surrogacy process in the UK um, and but also because of the fact that there's less infrastructure around it because of the legal process it means that you've got um like it's harder to kind of match with a surrogate and and there's a kind of a lot more that uh, that it can be a lot more challenging whereas in the usa because of the uh legal infrastructure it means that when when the baby's born um we were on uh, Ari's birth certificate from the from the day she was born so legally recognized in the USA in that way although we still then had to go through the same process in the UK but we at least oh, had really? that, that recognized in the USA um and then because it because there's kind of more of an infrastructure there's agencies who can kind of support you through the process in a more uh detailed way than maybe can in the UK and did you meet Amber before you um before you sorted out the egg um donor or was so, it the egg donor then egg donor first egg donor first so we yeah we we matched with the egg donor and we kind of had a, a chat with her over facetime you as get well to and, talk to her as well yeah that's so that's that's slightly different to the uk actually because i think in the uk you only would only get a description whereas you can right. choose you can't in, be anonymous though can't you can't be anonymous in the us egg well. donor uh specifically wanted to be known because she just mm-hmm. said all she wanted to do was meet us in person feel like she was doing it was a connection doing the right thing. And then she was happy with, you know, that part of the process, which was lovely for us as well. Because now we have um, maintained a relationship with yeah. her, not as much as with Amber. But we keep in touch with her and we keep her like our kids to meet her. And so that, because I think we'd like them to be able to meet her and, and kind of, have that like know, you know, meeting, know, that know, know that journey as well um so yeah we, we and that's the thing that. isn't it it's it's not necessarily having that person in their life as a, as a figure but kind of that that who you are where yeah. you come from your journey your being you know it is, yeah yeah because they will ask the questions eventually it's yeah. not <laughs> there you have one they're like, going to come back to like, hold on a minute <laughs> I've just done sex ed. What is yeah. what's going on? This is, yeah, this isn't what's happening here. Yeah, it's. I think that was important for us as well. We were really thrilled to have met her uh, again because of the pandemic. We had actually hoped to meet her when we were in the US before Ari was born, but unfortunately, uh, COVID put an end to that. Yeah, but um, but we yeah. So we we'd matched with her, and then the what? So we met, we realised that during this pandemic a lot of things can be done remotely. Um, there's one thing that can't be done remotely, which is uh, when we had to pop to the clinic to uh, drop off our DNA. Um, <laughs> we never and- know how to say that bit. And it's like, you can't say sperm. say it. Ejaculate in a cup for them. Yeah. Okay. Okay, you said it. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> um, but, but because it was the middle of the pandemic and there was the travel ban on and our clinic was in uh, Connecticut in the US, it was like a brief period. And I was like, it's fine. I'm a flight attendant. We'll be able to just go everywhere and just do this. But obviously we didn't factor in the 
you know, the code wasn't there then. So yeah. that obviously put a stop to that. Because, yeah, because we thought that, you know, we'd be able to just pop along and, and throughout the process. But actually... Nice little the... holiday while you yeah. do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and that was, that. yeah, that was not the case. And we, there was a brief lifting of the travel ban in um, the UK, but you still couldn't fly into the US if you, unless you'd been outside of the Schengen, Schengen zone for 14 days. So right. I like did this like cross reference between where you could fly out. Of I'm like, hey, Jay, how are we going to get that? You need to look at it. Make I'm it like, happen. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> so I got my spreadsheet out. I'm like, right, what's where can we fly out of and where can go into the US? And so we settled on Istanbul. And so we flew to Istanbul for 14 days. And then from Istanbul, we're then able to go into the US. Um, to to visit the clinic, but although we weren't even allowed, we to, allowed in the clinic, in the clinic to do everything, so we were in like a hotel across the road <laughs> with little given a little blue <laughs> sample bag and bottle, then had to like dash across with it to give it over. And then, and then they were. This was before testing, so they were the only way they were really checking you was by taking your temperature, and so they took right. Doug's temperature before we went in, and they were like, oh, shame. <laughs> they were like, oh, you're a bit hot, you're a bit hot. I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do know what I've just been doing. <laughs> trying to get the best sample I've got. That's brilliant. <laughs> and then and then they made the embryos um there. And then and then actually when we were on our way back, so we we're in New York, um, about to head for our flight. Um, and that's when we got the emails to, to say we had a potential match um with Amber. Um, and so Amazing. we had the call when we got back. Um, and we did, we was like, we put on like, having no number now, it's like, she's the coolest person ever. We we put like shirts like on, shirts and on. we were like, we had like a light, light shining on our face. Like, like, like as wholesome, <laughs> as lovely as possible here. But like, <laughs> she was just so chilled. A dog was running around, a little baby, a husband and, then we're like, oh, she's amazing. We can relax now. Like it must, it must be a big thing though, wanting her to like you. Yeah, you know, definitely. Because, you know, the power was in her hands in many ways in terms of that that matching. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you kind of like it felt like a not like a job interview because it wasn't an interview, but you obviously just want to. It's something you want so much. Yeah. But also, I think what I guess my biggest piece of advice as well, like we ended up. Like it was such a good match for us, and we got on with all, with her so well. But actually, I think what would what's important is that not to let your kind of want for that process to cloud like how well you are matching with someone. Because we've heard yeah. of you know situations where people maybe didn't have quite as good a match, and therefore that has created more challenges along the way. And also, you know, there have been there were there have been challenges throughout the process which require quite open and frank conversations, particularly when you're in completely different countries. Yeah, we've had a couple of differences between the health guidelines in the US and the NHS guidelines. So they're just simple oh, really? conversations, but we've had a bit of blue cheese gate. Blue cheese gate, yeah. Blue <laughs> we did buy the biggest hamper of blue cheese. Without them just there shoving the blue cheese in. <laughs> but like in America, because a lot of the blue cheese is pasteurized, it's actually... Yeah. That guidelines are as long as it's pasteurized, it's fine. Should and we so, have to laugh about yeah. this too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, there was, you know, there was all sorts of challenges about was like, tea's okay, yeah. and it's, it's just these random things that you just think you'd never go have a conversation yeah. about. <laughs> hey. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But I think that is a tricky thing as dads anyway, because it's happening, you know, you've got the, the female is growing the baby, their body's doing and and I think it's so hard for, like, for my husband to kind of, um, you know, trust me on that, or you know, to know what's going on, and and obviously your your baby was growing, the other side of the world, and how how did you find ways to to stay connected with that? Well, we we spoke every single every Sunday. We spoke for an hour every single week, so we had a Zoom up or more like it was a couple of we, hours. It started off as that's what we were doing, but in, by the end, we chat for ages, and it just. It was just the norm for us, but it was lockdown as well. So we it was great time to really bond. Even though it was yeah. like this, we also had never done the experience before. So we knew no better or no different, sorry. So mm-hmm. it was just, it's just how we bonded, wasn't it? Yeah, because just weekly conversations. I'm, I'd managed to see Amber really fortunately did get there for the embryo transfer, even though I wasn't allowed because I was working, uh, I, yeah. I, I flew there. But even though I wasn't allowed in the embryo transfer, I actually got to meet her in person. Sanjay was like, do not go near her. We can't give anyone <laughs> So we She met- might, and also she might change her mind if she meets <laughs> you. No. We met at a distance with masks on. I was like, through <laughs> a mask. And then we had to go back to the hotel. We all joined by Zoom, the embryo transfer. And then- Oh, really? Just to, yeah, just to even have, I think it was only 20 minutes I saw her in person because we were like, Sanchez, do not go near her. And like, <laughs> as much as we wanted to hug each other, we knew we couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just to her to meet me in person, I thought, well, we thought Sanchez couldn't get there, but just to thank her in person for what she's done doing for us was just a really important thing for us to do because it doesn't, it didn't almost feel real. All this was happening over Zoom and yeah. in a different country, but you know, there was an embryo being trans. Uh, planted yeah and it's <laughs> amazing that you could both that you could both see that as well that, yeah that, they'd set up yeah, yeah they'd set they changed it because of COVID. Uh, covid basically so it was but we still felt very much part of it all we had our yeah t-shirts with pineapples on, on in different you know sticky thoughts and <laughs> doing all the things that people do but just remotely i guess and then i'd managed to get over as well at six months on another flight and got to, you know, see the bump and, and all that. Oh. But Sanj didn't actually yeah. meet Amber in person until she was 36 weeks pregnant when wow. we went over for the We first. got exemption like, visas and, to get into the US. Yeah, and that, and that was the first, the first time I ever met her was like in person was, um, you couldn't even squeeze her hardly. Yeah, she was, she was that, <laughs> she, I, I booked into a hotel and she came and met us and then we stayed, um, 
we said we then spent three weeks uh in she she has this really like big um camper van um in her garden and me and doug went and before the birth went and stayed in that and well we got a phone call to say she was five centimeters dilated and 80 percent of face so they said the baby might be here tomorrow or in two weeks so I was working and Sandra was at home. Sandra just bolted, got on a flight and went. Yeah. And then we basically stared at Amber for two weeks straight. And once I turned up the next day, we're like, any feelings? Anything happening? <laughs> but, but then actually in the end, Ari was induced. But it was nice that we were there. I think getting to witness the birth in person was such a moment. Amber was just incredible. We had to change some bits towards the end. So her husband could be in the room supporting her. Um, we were just holding Amber's hand. I was for the but, first but time. Is that speechless. all set up? Is that something that you discuss from yes. from the the get go? She had a birth plan. Yeah, we need to kind of talk about together. like what our hopes are for the birth, what her hopes are for the birth, and kind of work Come out together. what best way. And because of COVID, there was a bit more of a challenge like with everyone right yeah, way yeah. about who was allowed in the delivery it. room um and we ended up actually changing hospitals because they one hospital would allow us to be there one wouldn't um but yeah so we both we were both i think there was quite there were quite a lot of uh docs and nurses in the room at the end at the at the birth i think because they were just like what the hell is going What's on here like situation <laughs> well what roles did you both take and how, um, how well i said you? i was mute for the first time in my entire life i was just like <laughs> And then I, I, we'd already planned it actually. I, this, because we were so lucky, our birth plan did go to plan. Uh, I cut the umbilical cord, which was oh. amazing. And Sanj had his, and yeah, bought us t shirts, you know, that with a Velcro that like opened so, up. Uh, Aria went straight to Sanj and skin on skin. And it was just, yeah, a moment you're never going to forget. Yeah. It was so special. Uh, what was it like when you got back to the UK? How was, how was that? Because obviously you've got your own little bubble, but now you're bringing her into your home that, you know, you've that's where she's going to be. I was I actually said, Sandra, I'm quite happy to stay in South Carolina, to be honest. Really? I'm just, I was so, we'd got our groove, we knew what was going on, yeah. and I don't think, and you know that the people are banging on your door, and it's lovely to see everyone, but we did have a, a real stint, didn't we, of almost two a day coming in. But we realised now, we said, um, if we went around someone's house, pre-baby like if I was going at one I was staying all day in my head yeah, you know yeah, yeah. whereas people actually are really good they come for an hour yeah. two hours and they yeah. go and it, uh -huh. it's, it's so amazing to see everyone and yeah it was it was full on for a bit but it was amazing but then I'm like I am quite neurotic so like I'm then sort of Aria's hooked up to about 17 different monitors like measuring yeah. her like heart rate and like when she's sleeping to make sure that she's okay and like, like you'll have to take it off at some point I'm it's like, like what you say baby <laughs> that's got to be interesting how you two approach things in a different way in a di in different ways like your mums would you know that it shows how how much their attitudes towards parent parenting is rubbed off on you yeah oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so, funny because you we do work buy, together like... somehow as a team, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, obviously you've kept travelling. And I think, um, you know, that that is... Um, it's, I think it's one of the things I really... Well, it's not one of the, I, I love following you guys, but also seeing the adventures that you go on is so inspiring as, as a parent. But also, you know, you, you travel to places and you make it accessible. To, to people who might be worried about a variety of different things traveling with children we do our, we do our best like i think it's it's definitely something that we don't do as much as we used to and you know but we did go for example to 
Florida with um to we like, the tickets though friends. before we realized yeah we had questions of having a baby so we're like, I was like is this going to be okay with our other friends who had a baby just after us a few days so we had like two like maybe 10 month old not even that no, there was like six months. six month olds um but actually going on particularly when you go you worry about things like the time differences but we just kept them on that same routine of like by the time we got there and it was the evening we just put them to bed at the same time as if it yeah. was that time we thought we'd find the ultimate hack taking them to greece we were like we'll just live our best life but two hours backwards so we thought we were out for drinks at nine which is really seven o'clock at home and we're like dashing back and then putting it to bed so actually we were like oh, we stayed out till nine o'clock tonight but really it was only seven and that was our bedtime but we just literally didn't we didn't differ from the routine but in the last couple of weeks, Aria's routine's gone away. Oh, yeah. So yeah. she's suddenly decided, I'm not sleeping, any- like, I'm not I'm not sleeping anymore, guys. No. See ya. <laughs> and how has that been, guys? You're still smiling, but is it hysterical you know, after that? She's she's stopped. She's suddenly now napping in the pram. You say the word bed to her now, and we've got a, got a situation. <laughs> yeah, really? Just, yeah, it's, it, do you know, it, it hit when... You know, my mum's telling me she's read something about it. About, I thought you might have done. But, we just, but when I actually went back to work, which was only a couple of months ago, like, I don't know if she noticed I wasn't there or because after night stop. Yeah. But she suddenly, it's like, she will go to sleep, but you have to be with her, which we've never done before. We put her down and left the room and she's self-settled and gone to bed. Now she wants... It is sort of cute, isn't it? It is she cute. Because all of a sudden she's like, she wants to hold your hand. It's not really sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, mine are now almost nine, so eight, seven, and four, and we are still in the room when they go to sleep. Um, yeah, because they're not <laughs> always going to want it. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Because like, the, well, we did attempt last night, which I've never done before, and I had my two brothers here and their kids yeah. to go out for a meal. Mm-hmm. Granny said she'll just sleep in the pram. I'm like, oh god, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> yeah, it was quite disastrous. My brothers are saying I'm like, oh god, you're not so chill, Doug, are you now? So yeah, she dashed. <laughs> I thought I was so cool and chilled, but obviously not. Let's talk about the next part of your parenting journey. Yeah, uh, because I've got to say, a few weeks ago, I absolutely yelped at my <laughs> phone when I saw your video and there were tears uh, so you've um, obviously got your embryos you've yes. got Amber yes. uh, tell us what's happening now well <laughs> we we were so we, we want we always planned to have two children um, and we'd have we had the same egg donor um, and we created all our embryos at the same time and so we created embryos for Doug embryos for me um, and we ended up with one embryo for one of us, six for the other. So we went with the one embryo first because we thought, let's let's see how that goes. And 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 it took, and that is oh, a beautiful yeah. little area. <laughs> um, and then when we kind of started our second journey, we weren't sure if Amber, you know, we never expected Amber would do this again for us. <laughs> like we couldn't in a wildest dream think that she yeah. would be able to. And, it, and she kind of didn't look like she was going to be able to for various personal circumstances and and you know that was completely understood um but then she came to us sort of uh march time last year and said about this time last year and said actually um uh or maybe a bit later but yeah i i've got, I, a, window, I, I've got a window like i'd love to help you again she said bless her i mean she's the most incredible woman she just because she always knew we wanted a sibling for ari as well she just said she felt like her journey with us wasn't oh, quite finished yet yeah, yeah. so 
amazing enough, yeah, she offered. She offered to do it again. And, and the process was slightly quicker this time because a lot of the matching process, the legal side, is already done with between us. Right. Um, so, yeah, and our embryos are already made. Yeah, so there was that wasn't a kind of uh, a restriction this time. So we we went um, and did the, we the got embryo to, transfer. We got to go in person yeah, this time. Oh, it was amazing. So and how did there. that, yeah, how did that compare? It was, it, like, it, just... it was amazing, wasn't it? We got to hold her hand and we were all in the room together and we got to see... Uh, the whole our, process with the embryo. one embryo come out. Yeah, being brought out and thawed. <laughs> and thawed and like, yeah, and then so that was... So Amazing. we went for one night. We flew in and flew back out because right. we had to leave Aria. We didn't want to take her because of the time difference. Yeah, for yeah. one day, it just felt like a, a long flight to go all the way there and back. So she, yes, um, so with Granny, and then it was it was all we. Uh, I was so relaxed this time, right? And so last time I was straight out to the max. Like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Is this going to happen? What about like just every scenario? Second time round, so chill. I was like, okay, right. Ish. We did the same. We did the same thing where we were testing. It's like, oh my god, we're pregnant again. And we were actually, yeah, we're yeah, we're at Disney uh, the, uh, event actually, which yeah. was amazing. And Amber sent us the test, oh, yeah. so we're watching the Little Mermaid on the screen, and, and I'm like, oh. Oh, it's maybe, oh, maybe we need a Disney name. Like, I'm totally carried away. <laughs> that was faint, faint line because it happened at Disney. But then it was just all, it was all the same. And like, they, they, they measure the HCG levels, which is, yeah. I believe, that I'm no doctor, the pregnancy hormone where mm -hmm. that needs to double over time. And the level, the two levels that they measured were exactly, almost, we checked back and we're like, oh, they're exactly the same as, as Aria. They were well with Aria. We're like, this is looking really good. And then... We there was the six week the six yeah. week ultrasound is the first ultrasound you have and because uh, they they're quite a bit more frequent I think in America than they are in the UK and so we joined this ultrasound and I could just see something <laughs> in Amber's face and she was wearing was she wearing a mask no, yeah she, she was, was wearing was a mask, wearing a mask? Yeah, I could just see something I was like something's up all right she said there was something up but I was like it's not bad but yeah. there's something up and she went I hope you're sitting down. <laughs> And then she turned the camera onto the screen and he wrote, Hi, Dad. And then and said, Baby, baby A, baby, baby B. Surprise. <laughs> and uh, yeah, two heartbeats. Two heartbeats. And obviously, we know that we only transferred one, one embryo. Yeah. Um, so identical twins, uh, which oh is my incredible. Gosh. Um, I mean, how how did that news sink in? Has it sunk in yet? Kind of. We were just. It was just the shock. We were just shocked. We, there was a lot of nervous laughing, and then there was. Uh, obviously, we're then like, "Is Amber? Uh, yeah. yeah. How, are, you, are you okay?" Lit. She was like, "I I, I don't, don't know how to feel either." <laughs> but we've just made all decided that. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's how it's meant know, to this be. Is, this is the journey. Yeah. We've and am on. I right in thinking that? Is it non-identical twins running the family? No, I think, not I, in your I, family, but generally, yeah, generally, is that the way yeah, that I that works? So. I think, and I think with identical twins, I I believe there's a slightly higher instance of it with IVF, um, yeah. where like because obviously the embryo has split, and you just, I don't know, you just don't think that when you're transferring one embryo, one embryo, and it's like a day yeah. five embryo that it that's going to happen, and and that was actually what. So the first journey, I one of the things I was like, oh my god, what if like the embryo splits and it's twins, and, and then the second time around, I was like completely blase. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Whatever. And then yeah, so it's just. I did I mean, say to Sanjay, they look very similar on the scan. Is it you taking them? Up? <laughs> <laughs> the profile is remarkably similar. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, we're just so excited. It like never in our wildest dreams did we think that we were going. I mean, I didn't think I was going to have one child, let alone three. Three. Um, and you've got three, haven't you? Yeah, I've got three boys, and it is oh. wild. It is <laughs> <It's> wild. wild. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you going to find out the sex or anything? Uh, we do know. We do know. We do know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What we realised as well, actually, and the grannies are rubbing their hands at this, we can't even travel with yeah. a granny now because we've got three <laughs> under two. So we oh can't... Oh, my gosh. That blew our minds, too. Yes. They're like, oh you need gosh. me. <laughs> you need me to come on your holidays. <laughs> Do you think Aria understands at all what's about to happen? And have you no. thought about how you're going to... I'm guessing Aria's going to go over there with you over to the yeah. US with you. Yeah, yeah. Plus some grannies. Yeah, plus with some grannies. With some grannies, all the grannies. <laughs> <laughs> so we like, we literally, you know, we, I think we're very, we we, re we recognise as well, we're very fortunate yes. to have a support system to help us in this way because I think it would be, you yeah. know, I, I, even I'm like getting home and even... Yeah. You know, we're in a different state without family. Yeah. You know, it'd be tough, you know, when the baby babies come. What, you know, Gosh, Ari I imagine needs, most, Ari people needs someone there too. most people with twins and, and or three kids under two would be like, we are not traveling for at least 10 years. Yeah. You're going to be doing it within weeks. Well, that's why I said I was like, I don't think there's I don't think we'll be going on uh, any trips anytime soon. Once we're back in the UK. <laughs> You'll have to change your Instagram handle, guys. So yeah, so um, so this time round, you're taking Aria, you're taking you're taking the grandmas, yeah. yeah, and and then we're gonna, yeah, obviously we're a bit more conscious of the fact that with, like obviously with any pregnancy, there can be challenges, um, yeah. but obviously there are, those are kind of the likelihood of some challenges happening are increased with, um, yeah, identical yeah. twins yeah. and their um. Can I get this right? Dimo twins. So they're diamniotic monochorionic. So they've got their own amniotic. Oh, yeah, like get me with my technical. Wow, term. look at you. So basically, <laughs> like, so you've got the different types of twins. So, like, when they're non identical, they'll often have their own placenta, own amniotic sac. Yeah. Whereas with identical twins, or the well, some identical twins and these are our twins, they've got their own sacs, but they share a placenta, which is where right. sometimes you can one can end up getting more blood flow, etc. So there's because they're there working the placenta very hard as well yeah exactly yeah. exactly so we have to I guess be a bit more prepared for um things like prematurity and and kind of challenge all the way so we're we're kind of and you know, it's funny how you suddenly like like become Dr Google like with uh <laughs> like reading up on all this stuff um well so since Sandra reads up on it all I find people that have got identical twins on social media and then <laughs> see what they're doing so that's how we got, got that. Re that's our research methods. I like that. I like it a lot. The personal <laughs> um, approach and the more yeah. scientific. Yeah. yeah. And then we combine it. So we kind of get the best of both. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're just prepared for, for that. Um, but I'm kind of ready to ready to go when whenever things happen. But um, yeah, just very, very excited and just hoping. Everything hoping goes go, well everything for goes Amber well. and everything. So yeah, yeah Amber, this, I mean, we thought she was a saint before. Now she's just... <laughs> And she's just incredible. And yeah, she's just taking it all totally taking it all her, the, yeah. her stride and just you know, yeah, been amazing. Has has having Aria and, and your two to come, <laughs> has it made you um look and think about your parents differently? 
Yes. Yeah. We've we we've said you know you don't realize what I mean. I look at myself when I when I said I came to Tenerife, I had no phones back then, and I just bolted out here. I didn't even ring home for two weeks, and and then when I find, when I finally bothered to ring home to say, oh yeah, I'm fine actually. My mum's like, what? The, like, where have you been? Now, if like you know, you just realize what they did for you and how you behaved, and I hope that. It may, it, you know, it will definitely make me a better person, and I realise what they did for you. And I don't think I yeah. acknowledged that really uh, before Aria. What you know, the sacrifices, everything they've done for us. Yeah, you definitely look back, and I look back on your life, and you think, God, I was the right bugger, <laughs> you know, like, and and just think, and and just I look, God, I hope my children don't do what I don't behave like I did when I was a kid. But then. Hopefully, will give me uh, that kind of self reflection. Gives you a different perspective when the I'm sure there will be challenging parenting times to come, and hopefully, yeah. just to remind yourself of that. But yeah, definitely makes you realise it makes you see your own parents in a yeah in a more forgiving way, I guess. Even yeah. the simple things like a constant stream of nappies and being sick, and or you just. You don't, you forget that that's what, nothing, I just didn't even know that's what my parents have done for yeah. me. Yeah. You know, all the, just the, the little things that, you know, the feet, you know, it's constant, isn't it? Especially the first, well, we've already got this far, but it's constant. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. You don't realise that's what your parents did. I, I remember my mum was, I think it was something to do with an iPhone or a gadget or something. I was like trying to teach my mum how to do something on it and like almost was laughing at her a bit in a nice way, but you know, in a jokey way, like laughing that she just wasn't unable to understand this technology. And she just turned to me and she went, Sanjay. I taught you how to use a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Have some patience. Yeah. I, I kind of brought that all back a bit. I'm not sure I stole that one. Who, whose anecdote I stole that from? Like, no, 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 that was definitely my mum. Um, we end each episode of the podcast with you completing three sentences. The first one is being a dad means. The world. Being Everything. a dad means the world. Everything. I love that. Since having children, I. As much as it pains me, listen to your parents. They do know quite well. <laughs> <laughs> and and I've become, I think, a less a less selfish person. Nice. And finally, I'm happy when. I see Aria's face in the morning, smiling back at me. And I do bath time and we sing the little mermaid part of your world every night <laughs> oh, <laughs> guys thank you so much what a delightful chat honestly i'm so 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 thrilled to to you know to see this next part of your journey unfold uh, you are full of love and you spread so much love so thank you so much oh, thank, thank you, you so much, much for having us well. it's been wonderful Not all, thank you thank, thank you, you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.